Please join me in giving a warm welcome to our keynote speaker. I'll hand over to her now. It's Elizabeth Watusi. Thank you so much for inviting me to deliver this keynote uh, speech today. This is a course that is very true to my heart, especially because I believe that we can absolutely find our way out of the planetary crisis we face. But for us to be able to do so, we are going to need to change our way of thinking and begin to start telling new stories about what is possible and also what is important. And thank you for reflecting back on the address that I made at COP26. It has been over a year now since I joined the World Business on stage at COP26 and even uh, recently at the World Economic Forum with a plea for the world leaders to open their hearts and have the grace to listen to the most affected climate vulnerable communities. And the fight for implementation and delivery is still going on because I believe that an open heart is where the seed of true action lies within each of us. This has been a fight and a plea for global solidarity with the world's most vulnerable and with justice, honesty, and accountability at the center and the heart of each all because this uh, is actually why and what these summits are for. We have to close every loophole that enables delay and also glorifies inaction, because with every degree of inaction, it even becomes much more costly. And with every degree of inaction, it is generations uh, such as mine that continue to get the biggest brunt. Like millions of other young people who are putting the health of the planet and its people at the heart of their works, I believe that a future with a healthy environment, a stable climate, clean air, clean water, clean energy, food security, and even dignified life for everyone is possible. We have chosen not to wait until we are in high positions of power and even influence to make change happen because we know that for us to achieve a safe future and a livable world that we all envision, then we have and we must do it now. And I will echo the words of the great Kenyan leader, the late Professor Ngari Masai, who always said that the generation that destroys the environment is not the generation that pays the price, and that is the problem. Our communities right now are now severely affected by the nature, food, and hunger emergency that has been caused by the ongoing devastating droughts across the Horn of Africa. Our natural ecosystems, and these are our life support systems, have been pushed beyond breaking point as well. And people tell me that the only thing that is left to lose is hope. And yet, while this is happening, wealthy countries with the greatest historical emissions are not acting fast enough to respond to the crisis and to even help frontline communities such as mine to cope with the devastation that they are facing. And for me, this is not what climate justice looks like. Climate justice is not abandoning frontline communities to their fate. During the time I have previously spent with frontline communities such as the people of Wajia County in the northeastern part of my country, Kenya, I have understood and felt their human needs experience of the climate crisis. And these are terrifying levels of water and food insecurity with thousands of livestock dropping dead from dust and starvation. And this is livestock that provides 80% of people's livelihoods, issues of decimated wildlife populations. But these communities, while this is happening, they need to recover, they need to reconstruct, they need to rehabilitate, and they even need to build their own resilience. And they are not sitting back and doing nothing despite receiving no support. 
they are showing and demonstrating what real climate leadership and solutions look like. Women, for instance, are having to walk for long distances, as long as 12 miles in search of food and water. And they are also restoring degraded forest lands and finding new ways of even growing drought-resistant crops. Frontline communities are actually coming together and creating movements of change, educating themselves on the climate crisis, and even offering clean energy solutions, among others. They have the strength and solutions that work for them, and truly, when you see these communities, it is a clear demonstration that everything is possible. It is a clear demonstration that we have all the solutions that we need. We just need to get going and do what we have to do to be able to meet our targets, our climate targets, our nature targets. But we have to start right now. Last year at COP27, the adoption of the Loss and Damage Fund was a monumental moment that sprang out of decades of advocacy and even tireless campaigning for loss and damage from the civil society and the most affected people in areas. And this was a great step in the right direction. But still, for us to address the root causes of the problem, we must do more. We must at the same time make sure that we are deeply and rapidly cutting emissions and investing in the restoration and the protection of our natural ecosystems, and also massively ramping up investments in and deployment of renewable energy. And this is why we're moving towards a phase out of the fossil fuels, because this is how we are going to protect human and planetary health. This is how we are going to ensure that this planet is habitable for my generation, that this planet is habitable for all generations to come. And we have to get everybody, because for us to change everything, we are going to need everybody to be on board. We have been living on words and empty promises for so long. And in the face of visible impacts of climate crisis at our doorsteps at the same time, and a crisis that we are actually least responsible for, yet we have chosen not to sit back in the face of this great challenge. And I remember part of the highlights of my speech at COP26 was even a highlight that the children are actually responsible for none of these emissions. So this tells you that we are not just influencing how other people respond to the climate crisis. We are already taking the needed action on the ground by ourselves through our local climate solutions. We are creating and building the next wave of ecologically and socially responsible people and businesses that are going to put people and our planet at their core. Green Generation Initiative, an initiative that I founded, for instance, is nurturing young people's love for nature and teaching them to be environmentally conscious through solutions that are addressing the climate crisis and food insecurity at the local level simultaneously because these are challenges that are greatly and in a heavier way impacting the children, the young people, the women. And I'm working with other young people to directly address the interconnected food, nature, and climate crisis by providing solutions that work for people, nature, and our climate. I have personally grown up in the most forested region in Kenya. And being able to grow up in this region has enabled me to develop a deep connection for the natural world. And at the same time has enabled me to be able to develop a natural call to action to see a challenge and find a solution for it and then become a part of the solution. And this is one of the greatest challenges that we are facing in the world today where many people are not willing up to step up to address challenges just even at their own doorsteps, to address challenges outside around the world. 
and we have to create uh, that environment. We have to make sure that every person is doing what they must do. Every person in high positions of power, with resources, with every level of influence, businesses, corporations, government, every person has to contribute to be able to create this world, this habitable world, and this livable world for all of us. The work that we do at the Green Generation Initiative addresses environmental degradation and nutrition through tree growing and fruit tree garden establishments. And we are now even exploring vertical strawberry farming and fast-growing indigenous apples and large-scale tree nurseries establishment that will enable us to do more. And while we do this, we are still addressing social and economic challenges for the people because it means that the surplus for this is then sold to the market. And what makes this sense is the fact that while we are taking up steps and we are taking action, we are asking people in high positions of power, we are asking leaders, we are asking people with influence, people with resources to do more because this is what we've been able to achieve as young people, as children with uh, different children across schools in my country. And we are doing this because we want to create that world that we want to live in. And so far we've grown thousands of food trees to maturity, providing that desperately needed nutrition to thousands of children. But we also need to see change in the world. We must see a change in how the systems interact with us. The trees we are growing, for instance, and the life-saving food they bear will not survive on our planet. That is why I'm also using my voice beyond my community, beyond my country, to get as many people as possible around the world to care and even take other action. So many inspiring young people like me are doing remarkable work on the ground. But it is challenging when decisions being made by their political leaders, business leaders, big corporations, governments, or decisions being made elsewhere are actually undermining these efforts. Youth-led solutions and innovations are a part of the solution to tackle the climate crisis. And elevating their efforts, funding their work on the ground, and giving them agency to design their futures is going to be very, very critical. And we definitely know what we must do, and there are solutions all over, and we have to make sure that these solutions are actually being implemented right now because we do not have time. The climate crisis is right at our, at our doorsteps. The climate crisis is directly what we are witnessing each and every day, and we cannot really, at any given point, afford to not do anything to address this crisis. We have to make sure that every person is a part of this solution and we have to make sure that our efforts are not being undermined and we have to make sure that countries are not just giving pledges, are not just committing, but really we have to begin telling stories of what is possible and what is important and actually begin to do the work that needs to be done right now. And finally, we have to design systems and businesses that put people and our planet above profit while working towards tackling the climate and ecological crisis without undermining the efforts of young people, the efforts of communities, the efforts of every individual right now who is working to regenerate the dying world. So I want to challenge you all today and ask you, what will you do? Thank you very much.